Welcome to Across the Park Podcast, the only place you can hear banter and debate weekly from both sides of Stanley Park, whether it be blue or red. Sponsored by Their Clothing and Camper Kings Northwest. And welcome to episode 13 of Across the Park Podcast, season 21-22. The year is flying. We are nearly into 22. What the hell is going on? Myself, Ian Mills, alongside Gary Judge of the Evertonians this week. And I think, Judge, we might have a little bit more banter this week to give those Reds, Terry McGiven and Phil Roberts. Before we do, massive thank you to our sponsors, as always. Their Clothing, spelled V-I-R, Clothing. Go over there and check out the amazing brands. I am wearing my Vair clothing t-shirt. So is Judgy. So is Teddy. Phil, not so much. Just checked out of work. I can tell Phil. Just finished work. Not rocking your Vair clothing. Amazing clothes over there. Go over there. Vairclothing.com. In the checkout. ATP20 for 20% off. And as always, our amazing sponsors. Camper Kings Northwest. Camperkings.co.uk. Go over there. Camper vans are plenty, amazing camper vans. Quote across the park, a free bottle of bubbly, free insurance. Go and enjoy yourselves. Judgy, before we rip those reds, and I'm dying to, we've got to go back 24 hours. We've done the instant match reaction, which is still on the YouTube channel. It's still on the Spotify, the iTunes as audio. 24 hours removed. How are you feeling from Everton nil, Spurs nil? Um, I'm satisfied to be honest. I think it was a it was a result that um, you know we needed we, we needed not to get beaten me yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we needed a clean sheet. Um, we needed a solid performance. We needed work rate. We needed application. I say needed because you know, and I think we, we acknowledged this on the po- uh, the post match reaction or the instant match reaction yesterday. And he says needs it more than anything else. You know, the, yeah. already because of the the recent results he's had. You know the 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 the, um, the vultures were circling, if you will. You know the the, the doubters, the, the Everton fans who didn't want Benitez in the first place, were out for blood, weren't they? You know, mm-hmm. for, for baying for blood, and and you know, I, th- I think the players produced for them yesterday. Um, it was always going to be a tough game against, you know, a spare side with a new manager, not least Antonio Conte, who, who was famous for you know making teams hard to beat and you know and 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 winning games in the Premier League. So. I was expecting it to be a tough game. Um, I don't think it was a tough game, you know, as it unfolded. I, I thought that we 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 nullified their their threat. Mm-hmm. I thought that we looked the stronger, more dominant sides for most of the game. Um, and yeah, no, it was a pleasing performance. I, I, you know, I'm not going to get carried away because if 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 you watched that game in isolation at the start of the season, I went, look, this is this is a reflection of the Everton side for this season. I don't think you'd be particularly pleased with it. But no. having having come off the back of the last two performances at against Watford the second half and Wolves the first half. I, I don't think you could not be pleased with, with what we've seen, could you? No, I, I thought, and, and we said yesterday on the instant match reaction, I think from minute one, Everton pressed, Everton worked hard. There's, there's a number of players who had their best game in a number of weeks. Michael Keane being one, Luca Dean being one. I think we've covered lots and lots on the instant match reaction, which is still available. So any of us who want to see man and judges more in-depth thoughts at the game, from Goodison Park, go to our YouTube channel or audio listeners, please go over to the Spotify, the iTunes or the Anchor and listen. Just to su- su- summarise, Judgy, it, it was the a standout performer, was there a man of the match for you? And finally as well, wh- what's your final thoughts on the game? Um, man of the match, uh, I'd probably go for Alan, to be honest. I'm, I'm a big fan of his anyway, but I thought I thought he was exceptional in a, in a different role yesterday. Um, you know, he was given a little bit more license to go forward. He was is expected to try and create things and, and be the orchestrator of attacks. And I thought he did that very well. Um, probably closely followed by Richarlison, just for pure application yeah. and work rate. I thought he really put a shift in and led the line very well and, and showed all the Everton fans, I think, and, and probably everyone what we've been missing in terms of a mobile forward. You know, we've gone on about Ron's on the last few weeks and, you know, we don't need to discuss that, thankfully, tonight uh, or yesterday. And we don't, we didn't need to because we had a forward who, who'd done the things that he's wanted from a forward. Um, so, yeah, Alan closely followed by Richarlison. But there were some some very solid performers out there. I think I think a few 
out, let's give it to Delph. Um, I'm not quite ready to be naming Delph as we might match yet, but uh, you know, he, he, earned, he earned some stripes yesterday, and that, that's all you can ask for. And um, I, I did say summary, but before you get there, I, I've got to give you the name. We discussed it on the Instant Match Reaction, and we got lots of comments on the Instant Match Reaction on the YouTube channel. Mason Holgate, where do you judge on Mason Holgate at the moment for Everton Football Club? Because whenever he plays, he just whether it's lack of confidence or it's lack of talent, he is just not with it. Yeah, I mean, anyone who, who watched the instant match reaction yesterday or hasn't watched it yet, um, there was a few explicit words, you know, linked to Mason Holgate. I'm not going to repeat them on this show because, you know, it's it's not a not an instant match reaction on this show. We do try and be a little bit more family family friendly. But if you are an adult and you you're accepting of that language, then go back and watch it. He was poor, and and yeah. you know he made such a negative impact on that performance, and it, it wasn't fitting of the of the attitude and the application of the players that we just discussed before. It was ill discipline. It was arrogance. It was it was all the things that all the attributes, or you know, all of the the traits that you don't like to see from a player. And but it was typical of Mason Holgate, and for me, he's finished. No, I, I agree. And we said yesterday, didn't we, that in the summer it was rumoured that we were inviting money for him. And good God, I'm on Gumtree. You're on eBay. If anyone is watching FIO Brighton Hove Albion, contact myself or Judgey. We are mm-hmm. selling Mason Holgate on this podcast. Judgey, before we move on to the Reds, just a final word. Is that a good building block for you? Are you disappointed we didn't win? Where do you stand now, 24 hours after the game? Yeah, building block for me. That that's all it is. I, I, I don't think we could be disappointed we didn't win. You know, the, obviously the, the whole drama around the penalty is what it is. Um, you know, the, a lot of a lot of outlets have spoke about that. It, it was, you know, it wasn't a great performance by the referee in general. But you'd like to think it swings around. But I don't think we've done that much to really deserve and, and warrant the three points. But uh, yeah, mm. I think it's a good building block. You know. Solid clean sheet. What Benitez will have wanted, to be honest, the type of manager that he is, he wants to build from the back and, and build from, from solidity and clean sheets. And it's the first time I've watched us and thought this season that we did look solid and we, and we did look dependable at the back. So, yeah, platform and hopefully we can take it on against uh, City after the break. Good God. All it's going to be a massive <laughs> ass. I'm with you, Judgy. I think it's a really good building block. It's a platform now because... If that manager lost that game and if it was four losses on the bounce, the pressure would have been. And I've said it on this show, there's tons of national media out there waiting for me and you and Evertonians to be the pantomime villain and hound that manager out of the club. And I'm so glad that this week is not the week that would evolved in the chaos. Phil, I'm going to tag you in. There's a hot tag. I've been in the headlock too long. I'm tagging you in. West Ham 3, Liverpool 2. I imagine you are really disappointed with that result. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the performance as well. Um, obviously, West Ham, are, you know what you're getting with West Ham, and that's probably one of the most disappointing things for me. You know West Ham are coming with a game plan and they want to rough you up, typical David Moyes fashion. And, you know, and it's like we were shocked by it. I, I thought, Terry, like he caught us off guard, certainly caught Allison off guard. Like, like we weren't expecting the physicality. Um, epitomised by... The goal from I think it was their first goal, wasn't it, from the corner? And so yeah, for those reasons, I think it was incredibly disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I think that the first point to address is like Allison had a, a stinker, you know, and I, I was praising him after the um, instant match reaction. I think it was that I done with Gary um, last week or whatever, and yeah, you know, I was saying like he makes big saves that sometimes you think he's got no real right to make, but then he also I don't. I don't think he covers himself in glory getting under crosses at times. And it's interesting the way that we set up, as you say, you know, and we're surprised by it. They've got big lads and they're good on set pieces. We leave our goalkeeper to get buffeted, like, you know, no protection. Other 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 teams put someone like around the goalkeeper to keep their lads away, you know, to give them a passage to be able to come and claim a ball. We don't. I watched it on the first goal we conceded and he was on his own with two West Ham players around him. And all of our players are busying with themselves with whatever they've been told to do. So our keepers basically, you know, surrounded by West Ham players. And I'm not saying that's an excuse for them because it was a terrible attempt. To be honest, he, you can tell he's thinking about the players, though. You know, like I'm worrying about where they are. And we do it against when we play Burnley. You see it all the time when we play Burnley. It's like, why? 
Why are we letting their, them put players on our goalkeeper's toes? It's just bizarre. It's zonal, Terry. You can sort things like that out when you go man to man, but when you're zonal. Yeah, but I think I think I, th- I think in some instances where they've got really defined set piece plays that we know they're, they're useful at. I don't think you can necessarily say we're just going to defend our way. You know, I sometimes agree. you've got to counteract. You know, what is their what are their strongest skill sets? And like Burnley do it, West Ham do it. We didn't even learn from it from the first. Goal, no. you know, afterwards we carried on doing it, and you know, he had another like instances where he was where he's obviously too, um, too focused on the on the man, you know, that's that's sort of by him as opposed to the ball and where the ball is. Um, so that was really disappointing, but you know, as you say, it's not only a disappointing result, but it was a really disappointing performance, and it's becoming a little bit of a, a common theme where like. I thought we were getting into a bit, building up a bit of a head of steam, you know, where we look really good and really incisive and stuff. What I'm noticing, though, in the Premier League is defensively we look really sort of fraught and weak. So we're conceding goals left, right and centre in the Premier League, you know, where we're having to score two or three goals to win a game because we're conceding two the other way. Um, whereas in Champions League games, that's not quite 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 happening. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's not to be up, to be fair, Terry. We, we conceded a few in Europe, haven't we? Yeah, didn't we conceded two to, to, to AC Milan, didn't we? Which we shouldn't really have. And then we, we conceded two away to Atletico. But, yeah. I mean, for me, it's it, it's like, I don't know whether in the Premier League, I think teams are a bit more play to sort of shut us down or play to our weaknesses. But I think in, in Champions League games, teams are a little bit more sort of backing themselves to play their way. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just better quality teams, so it's less about stopping Liverpool or yeah, exploiting our weaknesses by changing their entire game plan. But I think we do see that in the Prem, and teams are onto us in the Prem that we are so vulnerable because of the fullback play, the way that we play. You know, it's just it's a constant, constant thing that's causing us issues. Yeah, it it, it does looking at it for me. It does seem mainly a shape issue. I mean, I can't think of like particular individual areas from defenders a lot of goals that we've conceded this season i'm just looking at the shape and just saying where are everyone's all over the place here there's no like clear line and it's like there's no relationship between defense and midfield Um, you mentioned you you texted me didn't you and said like how like trent he's basically playing as a center mid and i agree with you it was mad you know you're seeing him like literally striding around the center circle and, and getting involved through the middle in attacks and then you're like but normally you'd see Henderson. Uh, well, I know he doesn't normally come in. Normally he goes down the line. But normally you'll see Henderson going behind him and stuff. And at the moment the defense is getting stretched to cover that gap. I feel like um, yeah, simple thing. Don't know why it's happening. And it, but it's costing us goals. Um, it's weird. Just, yeah, it is weird, and it's not even just you know a, a sort of trend issue. Like I, I think I, I highlighted on the pod. Um, I can't try and think what game it was now where. Um, was it Brighton? Brighton was it? Was the Brighton game where Curtis Jones had a terrible game? But he was, he was almost playing as like one of our deepest mids, and he was going to retrieve the ball from the defence. Yeah, you know, to try and like sort of move us forward, which is like he had his best game against Porto, playing as like an attacking mid. You know, and and now we're asking him to, to sort of he was covering Andy Robertson at left back, and and you're thinking oh, we've got Henderson on the pitch. What? I don't get it. Yeah, no one wants to hear it, Teddy, but we're struggling without Wijnaldum, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, we haven't had Thiago either because. Normally, in seasons gone by, when we've been great, we've had Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum. And if any one of them didn't play, even in seasons gone by, you're thinking, oh, we don't look quite as, as solid. We're carrying Cato, carrying the Ox, we're a bit more open. Um, and Thiago's come in, and when he's been like had a run of games and it's been them three, you're thinking, all right, we're okay with them three. But if you haven't got Thiago at his best, you haven't got anyone else, have you? I don't know if that's why the midfield's a bit more exposed, but yeah, it's, it's just not—it's not just that it's exposed, though. It's as you say, it seems to be a conscious oh, decision of we don't want Fabinho to go and get the ball off the defence now or whatever. It's we're going to ask you know someone else. So Trent sort of moving into the midfield and trying to sort of you know receive the ball from the defence. Curtis Jones is covering Andy Robertson and also picking the ball up off the defence when he's played and stuff. It's like it's—it's it's almost like we've lost confidence in that. Fabinho was the anchor, you know, and and someone alongside him and playing attacking mid, and it's almost like we're playing, you know, we've re- re- rotated it. So the ones who we think are better on the ball are the ones who are going to drop really deep to to pick it up off the defence. It's, it's just. Do you, think, do you think that's? 
you think that's Klopp just trying to like um, not reinvent it, but you know, all good managers try and transition a little bit, don't they, and change the style of play because if you obviously continue it the same way of playing, whatever it is, however effective it is, eventually the best teams and, and most teams will will counter it, won't they? Do you think he's just trying to mix it up a little bit and trying to come with different patterns, which is not, not a bad thing, is it? But that's obviously having a consequence in, in when you lose the ball, isn't it? Possibly, but it just feels a bit sort of clumsy because it's like some of the creative players, when, you, when you're when you when you've got the ball and going forward, they're the ones who are deepest picking the ball up and then, you know, like sort of pushing Trent like through the middle. And then, you know, we're already, we've already made the case that he, you know, he, there's gaps behind Trent because of the way he plays when he's getting forwards up the up the, the flanks, it's even more glaring when he's sort of gone through the middle because then you've literally got Mo stopping attacks on that side of the pitch, which is like, what's happening yeah. here? It's, it's moving moving on from the shape, Terry. Um, another talking point was that was the the foul, wasn't it? That a lot of people saying should have been a red card. Jamie Carragher certainly thought it was a red card. I still can't decide. You're pretty sure it's not, aren't you? Yeah, I'll be honest, like, uh, you know, I had a, a couple of, like, sort of, not arguments, but debates with, with the lads, you know, in the group. I and mean, I'll say, you know, Mills, you'd always say that I'm one that doesn't, like, admit, you know, when, when a player should, Liverpool player should have been sent off or booked or whatever. But I think I'm quite fair. And I said straight away, like, when the lads were sending pictures of the slow mo and the still, where it looks really bad at the knee level, you watch it. It's early on in the game. He's committed to the tackle. Goes to win it. If you watch his leg bounces off the top of the ball and flies up to knee height, it doesn't. Yeah. It's not like he's gone in at knee height. Do you know what I mean, or anything like that? He's gone in to win the ball, and his legs bounced up off the ball, and ended yeah. up catching. I, I think I, you can I make agree. a booking. I don't think it's a straight red. Well, I agree, but the only yeah. thing is, you've got to go in quite powerfully and quite high to begin with to bounce off the ball, haven't you? That's where I'm into. No, he's, mind, fell, but... he's fell over, hasn't he, more than anything else? Like Teddy said, because he's because he's gone on top of the ball. He's kind of fell over. He's not meaning to like. He's not meaning to go over the ball. So he's clearly trying to put his foot through it. Like look at Holgate, for example. Holgate puts his foot through the ball and meaningfully carries on, knowing exactly what he's going to do with that foot. He's fully in control, but he's you know he, he's intentional in what he's doing. Whereas Cresswell, mm. I think, is trying to side foot the ball. But kind of trips over it, and, and you know it, it's clumsy, isn't it? More than it's clumsy. Else, say it was... Yeah, you could argue it's a booking, but I think you know to give a straight red. I think I, I, for me, I wouldn't have liked it to be in a straight red against us. I'd have been like you know, I'd have been arguing here with Mills. Mills would be the one sending me pictures, them still images of, of the knee level challenge, and he'd be going out. Well, you don't think that, you know, and I'd be saying, oh, well, you know, I don't think it's a red card, no, because, and I'll say it, you know, against us as well, because I, I think it was clumsy and you can make the cases to book them, but to completely almost change the course of the game that early on, I, 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 as a straight red, I don't think there was malice or, in, or real sort of intent to hurt Henderson from okay, it. Okay, Terry, so a couple of things, a couple of times people have said this season, when teams lose or, or draw our rivals, so Chelsea drew, didn't he, with Burnley? So, I'm Liverpool being known as mentality monsters in the past. Is there a mentality thing going on here where every time we get a bit of like, oh, they've lost, we've got a chance to gain, we slip up? Is that a mentality thing or is it a performance thing? Is it defence? Is it a shape issue? Or is there any mentality involved? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's like... You know, the players are sort of bottling when they're given the opportunities. I think, uh, you know, I think maybe we're sort of, you know, looking at a couple of instances there and thinking, you know, it's a pattern and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weakness mentally. I don't think so, personally. I think it's just, you know, if you look at, like, the, the, the sort of the Brighton game, the way that one went and it was, you know, it was an opportunity to sort of open up or, club, you know, sort of put pressure on them. We just come off the back of the Man U results, and the first twenty minutes of that Brighton game was cruise control. You know, it looked like we were going to put that game to bed, and it was it was going to be done and dusted. The game just turned, and I think it caught them a bit cold. You know, and we couldn't sort of then get our head back on it. I don't think it was the players sort of crumbling under the pressure of a, of a of a chance at this stage in the season. Anyway, you know, in in early November, I don't think it's I don't think it's a mentality issue. I think it's just it it, it might look like that, but I don't think it necessarily is. I think it's just. The defence isn't right, is it? Would yeah, you, the defence is not right. Defence is not right. Would you, would you say, for the reasons you just said then, sorry, the reasons you just said then, do you think you should have been tactically outdone by Brighton and West Ham? Yeah. 
Yeah, I do. No, I, no, I and I've said it. I've said it in the past about Brighton and stuff. Though I said they come to Anfield and they make it. I'm not bothered if it's a rod. I'll, I'll jump on that because I genuinely I do. Loved it, loved it, loved it. If I, if I had a draw against the top ten side, I'd be. The funny thing the funny thing is for me is you just cried you just cried and cried up no defenders last year. They're all back and how does defence is an issue. Make your mind up. No, because it's not it's but it's different issues, Mills. You are talking nonsense there. Yet they're all back, but the balance is off. So it's at the moment. We're also rotating defenders, aren't we? And the midfield's not this is the thing, it's not like we've got a first choice eleven still. Oh no balance. So we still haven't got our get the stabilizers back on clock. Get the stabilizers oh. back on. They can't balance. But listen, listen I mean, it's, it's not it's not a crisis though. We it's haven't played together for eighteen months. Who's the first choice eleven? Who's the first choice eleven? Who's missing from that? We haven't had our first choice. You'd say our Thiago. first choice midfield is now. Tiago, you, you're better off. You're better off without Tiago. Trust me, as a neutral, <laughs> you're better off without Tiago. Well, but. We, we have, you know, all the midfielders. Fabinho's been missing. He's only just came back. Henderson's had a spell out. Cater's now out again after he was actually starting to look yeah. okay. In all, this. in all seriousness, I think you're seeing that they've had 12 months not playing together and it's like they've come back and the relationships and all that aren't there. That's what I'm yeah. seeing. Not an excuse. That's what I'm seeing out there. Um, I, I think Fabinho's well off it, me, Terry. Yeah, I don't I mean, many people saying that he looks slow to me. He's not in good form. I mean, and, yeah, he's not in good form at the moment. He, he, he does look sort of athleticism looks off, but at the same time, it's like his reading of the game. But as, as I say, I think the midfield, the, the way the way that was set up at the moment, is just causing us issues. It's not like it's like they don't understand the patterns, whereas they used to be so well drilled, well drilled. and now it's like it's all a mess and. I think you're right, you know. I said, and I said this on the internet with Gary. You know, I don't want to sort of say we're missing Wayne Alden, but it is an argument that we are, you know, and 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 we're missing his ever present being there. He was, a, he was a constant in that midfield, wasn't he? Because he never got injured or missed games. So all of a sudden, you're constantly having to chop and change the personnel, and it, it, uh, it something's off in in there. It's not working right. They're too easy to, to play through, particularly. Like in the we didn't League. all know it in advance that that, that was going to happen. I said I, I said it I think after your second I can't remember what game, but you said it really early in the season. I think you kind of dismissed it, which I get at the time. But to me it looked like you know, when you when you were mentioning oh we're missing legs, we don't look like we've got that energy or whatever or that drive. And he was he was that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you it might be in the was a, I'm trying to think what game. I remember you messaging saying he looks like an old man. Yeah, for, oh, that was against Man City that. Oh that City, yeah. Yeah, but something's not right there as a fill, and, and we need to work it out quickly. Yeah, we'll move on to social media, put that one to bed. Unless you want to carry on, boys, I'm here all night. <laughs> no, let's, let's See, go. You know what's funny as well? Uh, anyone want to listen back to last week's episode, and you can probably skip forward to about the maybe the 30th minute. Both the Reds, clean sheet, yeah, no problem. 2 0, 3 0, I think they both said. We both, for me and Price, you're like, yeah, clean sheets. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I wasn't on. Do you know, I was having a bevy in the um, in the church with Terry and our mate Mick before the game the other week. And I was saying, no, the defence looks ropey. And do you remember Mick said, not in the league, lads. That's only in Europe. I never since oh, he said that. I said it. I think I oh, said that. You? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I said it. And yeah, like, no, it's the other way around. The other way around. I said, it's not, it's, it's, it, it's not looking bad in Europe, but it's looking bad in the league. You know what I mean? We're conceding goals in the league as opposed to Europe. No, we need to play in a different way in Europe. I know you just said Phil, you look a bit ropey in Europe as well. Do you think you should play? There is obviously a different way of playing in Europe, isn't it, compared to the league generally for most teams? I just I feel like the Premier League teams have probably done heavier research on you more frequently, more direct um, as well. Oh, Premier League teams, aren't they? Yeah, but we've That's been conceding in Europe. Make no mistake about it. We've just been winning. Mm. We've been conceding two goals frequently in Europe. Um, so I don't think there's much difference really. We just managed so to score. Don't, don't feel, to be honest, that's probably a, a good segue into the, the social media because I know there's a social media question asking the question in what you just said there domestically and and European. And the social media is at across the park PC on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook is across the park podcast, and the internet is across the park podcast. 
www.ghostbusters.co.uk you should see it flying down your screen now anyone who's watching on youtube but phil like i said we've got lots of social media and that was one of the questions wasn't it it was yeah we had one from dave uh by the website and he said he's interested to hear on the show the lad's thoughts as to why we've performed so inconsistently in the league despite smashing through the group of death in europe so convincingly um terry i'll just start by saying i don't think there is a lot of difference we've conceded in both competitions we've scraped over the line in 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 the games and by scraped over the line what i mean is we we've got out we've scored we've scored three rather than two against milan Do you know i know we've smashed the group convincingly we've won every game but each game hasn't been convincing for me but do you think there's a big difference um I don't, think, I don't necessarily think we're being dead inconsistent in the league either. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I take the point that we've, you know, we've had a, we've had a couple of draws and then we just got beat there by West Ham. But the draws have been against, you know, besides, besides Brighton and West Ham. Until we had that discussion, you know, your draws were against Chelsea and City and stuff. So it's like, you know, I, I don't think we need to like sort of make out like it's some major crisis. But I, I you know, I think there's an element of, as I say, in Europe. I think, as I said before, teams play their way. There's a, like I, I think the the less willing to compromise. You know, if they're in the Champions League, that's either champions or top, one of the top sides in their own league. They play with their own sort of approach, as opposed to fundamentally changing the way that they play. You know, to play Liverpool, and generally they're not as physical. You know, as as, as Premier League teams, they might not have that sort of real chance to outmuscle us or whatever. Um, so I think that almost helps us because. You know, with, with all due respect, we've got more quality than, than than a lot of them teams. Even when it comes to the, the football side, like Porto, even AC Milan, you know, we scored two goals against us, but I thought they were diabolical when we played them around fields. Like amazed that they even got a goal. Um, so I think you know, European football just maybe suits us a little bit better at the moment. Whereas the Premier League, as I say, and as you said before, teams have got a bit longer, or, or do, uh, they know where the weak parts are, and they're almost willing to go. We can't play through Liverpool because they're too good or the better than us. But we're happy to just launch balls into them fullback areas and chase lost causes and try and profit off set pieces and stuff. They're willing to do that, whereas I don't think you see that as much in the Champions League. But unfortunately for us, that's the game plan that works against us: is target them fullback areas and you know really sort of look to hit us and, and cut out all the midfield press and all the Klopp's high press tactics and stuff. If, if you just make it a you know a long ball game. All of that sort of falls away because you're not pressing from the front anymore. It's almost like well, we just hit it sixty yards into channels, and that like Trossard done it for Brighton, didn't he? He was running them channels relentlessly, causing us all kinds of problems. Antonio's done it there for West Ham. We've seen it last season. You know that's the areas that that you can hit Liverpool if you're willing to sacrifice and basically just say we're going to do that all day. And if you get the first goal or you get an early goal or whatever, then you know what I mean. It's then you can sort of dig in and do your way. And that and that I think that's the issue. Okay, Blues, we've got a que another question about David Moyes, so we'll just get that one out the way quickly, because we mentioned it last week, didn't we? But uh, this is from uh, Terry on the website. So David Moyes has built three sides at Everton, and fans didn't want him back in 17, 18, or 19. Do you now regret it? Sounds like Terry could be a red. Wasn't you? It's wasn't not you me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had this question last week. I think me and Price yeah. had this one from another, another listener slash viewer. Um, I think in the in all of the years you're talking about there, at the time, I think the exception being Marco Silva, because I think most Blues would concede, including me, that that wasn't the right appointment. But Cumin at the time wasn't, you know, wasn't an appointment at the time that Blues were disappointed with. He'd done a, you know, good job at Southampton. He's obviously got a massive profile as a player, reputation. He was going to attract players because of his reputation as a player. You know, Ancelotti, no one, again, despite the fact that despite what happened, no blue could honestly turn around and go, he didn't want Ancelotti, but he was going to turn that away. Um, after Ancelotti's left, um, was Moyes the right person to come in instead of Benitez? I don't know. I think it would have been 50-50 with Everton fans. I think the ones who didn't want Benitez probably wanted Moyes and vice versa. Um, I don't think Moyes could have done much with this squad, being honest. I don't think there's enough players in this squad that are physical enough, that, that would work hard enough for a, for a David Moyes type manager. So I think he would have had the same task that Benitez has got at the moment. So, you know, we've got a, we've got a different manager who's obviously been a lot more successful, albeit across the park uh, and, and at other clubs. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's easy with the benefit of hindsight. I, I said, you know, both me and Pricey said last year, we've got a lot of time, a lot of admiration, a lot of fond memories for what David Moyes brought to Evan, and that'll never change. Um, he took us as far as he possibly could. I think he'll still hit that glass ceiling with, with, with he's still got that ceiling. I think he'll hit it with West Ham. He's not he's not going to hit the top four at West Ham. He'll do what he's done with us. He'll, he'll flirt with the top four and his team will ultimately go to bits and run out of the legs towards the end of the season because he plays the same 11 almost every week. But, you know, he, he's getting good results at the moment and, and, you know, fair play to him. Yeah, I think the thing with Moyes, like Everton fans looking at it now, you're looking at the time that he's, you know, he's put a lot of time into this West Ham team, hasn't he? And he's had points, at, you know, during that time at West Ham where it looked like he wasn't going to work out and he was going to let, get let go and stuff. So, now yeah, you're looking at it, well. what he's doing with West Ham, it's almost like yeah, you're looking at four years or five years of work and a lot of money spent. Very different, isn't it? Than well, you know what you are looking at, Terry? It's two spells, isn't it, really? Come in for like six to nine months, then, you know, they let him go, brought someone else and he came back in. But what you are looking at is a club that's given manager time the fans yeah. wanted them out 12 to 18 months ago. The owners have yeah. stuck with them basically because they're minge bags, not because they thought David Moyes was the right man for the job. Thankfully for them and for the club, he has turned things around. But most managers like David Moyes, if you do give him time and the players start to realise, actually, he's going nowhere. And it's us that will have to move on if we don't start rolling our sleeves up. They will turn the ship around. <coughs> and I firmly I said this on the instant match yesterday. I think that will be the case with he does if he gets time. Um, and, and you know the owners, the, the the directors, the boards have got to be strong with that, strong with that will, because there will be times it might be over the next few weeks that fans are going to be calling his head again after we get a spanking by City and, and and maybe God forbid a spanking in the derby as well. So there's going to be times where they're going to have to be thick skinned, like you know um, Sullivan and, and Goldware. But hopefully you know we'll come through that. And yeah, as, as I say, addressing the question, I, I don't regret not wanting Moyes, and I was one of those. Uh, fans saying, "Look, we don't need to go back there." I'm not sure, you know, it's a right appointment. But anyway, as I say, uh, no problem with what he's done with us. But uh, you know, I think it's time for us to move on, and you know, he, he's doing what he does best. Okay, um, some quick fire questions here from um, Claire, who's got some like blind date style questions for us. <laughs> um, I'll just go round. I'll go round everyone. So, first one is dogs or cats, Mills. Oh, dogs all day. Cat, any cat lovers on here, unsubscribe. They are devious, <laughs> devious creatures. Them, I am not into cats. I, I own a dog. Lovable, lovable little boy. You know, you, you, you get appreciation. He, he communicates. I don't get that with cats. So for me, I've always been a dog person. Judge? Yeah, I mean, I actually admittedly grew up with a cat, and he was great. He, he, he lasted was right up until... by the way. <laughs> it wasn't. It was called Harvey. Got oh, yeah, had one called Moisey as well. Yeah, that was that. that yeah, he was a little. I'm not going to say. It, I'm not going to use it. I swear <laughs> on, on this show. But um, yeah, Harvey after Colin Harvey lasted us up until my 17th birthday. Two weeks before I was 18, died. He was a great cat, but every other cat I've known apart from him was a piece of work. Um, I don't trust him. <laughs> I've, I've had a dog since I was able to have my own house. The first first night. I got the keys to my house. I actually got a dog, so I've never actually lived <laughs> in my own house without a dog. Um, so yeah, dogs all day. Dog for me. I haven't got one at the moment, but we've all, we had them growing up and stuff. And my mum, mum and dad had a dog. Definitely a dog. Yeah, cats are users. That's all they are. I'm not interested in cats either. Okay, KFC or Mackey's? What's that? You sound like a cat lover, Phil. <laughs> Crazy nah, your cat personality. Man. Your personality. Deserves a cat. Snappy <laughs> <laughs> cat. Yeah. Eddie, KFC or Mackey's? I think I know the answer to this. KFC. No, 100%. Big KF family. Like a Mackey's as well, but KFC, defo. Yeah, I'm partial. I mean, the kids are partial to Mackey's, but KFC for me all day. It's, it's got to be a Mackey's hungover. But if you're not hungover and you want a nice lunch, KFC. Yeah. Singer Stanley with me. me. Singer stack meal. You look like you've had a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one with shoulders. Phil's on just finished one. Got some chicken hanging down his, off his chin there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, beer or Guinness? I'll go with beer. Mills yeah, is a beer I mean, man, aren't you? I like both, but I drink beer more. Beer for me. Yeah, that's a nice uh, cold pint. 
Yeah, a nice cold, an extra cold Guinness. If that's your first bevy and you're out with the boys know, on a Saturday afternoon, that's your first bevy. Think, think of it as a Guinness or beer. You can never drink beer ever again. Or you can never drink Guinness ever again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I think on the basis that you can have bottles, you have bottles of beer, can't you? Have yeah, you can have bottles yeah, of imagine, beer. Imagine so, the outside yeah. that coming in, another pint of Guinness. <laughs> imagine all the lads are sweating, like sun's out, cracking the flag. All the boys are on cold beers and you get your I, first I, Guinness I, out of that. I, I don't know how we've got here, but we're somehow like denying Guinness's like, place in life. And Guinness is right up there, you know, right it's, up there. It, it is, but... When you're in Ireland, yeah, there's, there's a no question, place, isn't there? Isn't yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's you can't, 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 can't make it your, 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 your every drink, every time you're out, it has to be Guinness, it's a, it's a treat though, isn't it, it's a nice treat to Guinness. Yeah, it is, but it, it's like saying like red wine or champagne, you're going to go with red wine, aren't you, because that's a, that's, that's a more consistent go-to drink than a bottle of champagne, sitting like a bottle of champagne, you every night. Different types of beers. What has happened? What has happened? This what has happened? This podcast. Look at red wine and KFC chat. It's the quality question. Look at Liverpool got beat safety. Look at Liverpool got beat safety. What's your answer? All right, then next one. Beer or Guinness Mills? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with you. If I had to, I'd go with beer. Yeah. Okay, I think I might be on my own for this one. Day drinking or night out? Mills, you're a day drinker. I am a. I am a day drinker. I think when when you're going home at nine o'clock. And the the younger crowds are coming in. That's a nice time to go home if you've been out since maybe one or two. You've watched the football. You've had a coupon. You've had your bit of food. I'm I'm okay. How with old that. are you, Mills? You, you sound like you're about sixty-five. <laughs> well, I feel sixty-five. I feel sixty-five. If you if you weren't yeah, if you weren't using just for men, you look sixty-five. Doesn't <laughs> I am beyond acting like I'm twenty-one anymore? You you might look twenty-one. I certainly don't. I can't get away with it. Uh, yeah. You know what? Can can we just go for both? I love it all day, all nighter. I'd love just staying out for the for the full full lit. Yeah, I do like yeah. a day drink. I think it's I think it's decent, but I'm not one of them. You can just go see you later, boys. at six o'clock. It's fucking jarred, yeah. that. I agree. I'll, I'll I'll take both. Yeah, I yeah, hate home time. Definitely both. But if you had to choose one, you, you had to night out. That's what I mean. If you had if you had to go home at nine p.m. or six a.m., which would it be? Oh. 6 yeah, six. Nah, I reckon I go. I reckon I go the other way there, like. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Evan good messy one every now and again. at six a.m. when the kids be bouncing on the head an hour later, there's no go. Judgy and Phil and Evan at seven a.m. That's that's a different scenario, isn't it? Go on, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day is the last one. Uh, Christmas Eve for me. Oh no, yeah, I'm, I'm up the wall Christmas on Christmas Eve, Eve me. On the shop, you're trying to get presents every day. You're on trying to get a... <laughs> Christmas Eve is always stressed to me. I'm always in the shops, there's nothing left. Got about 12 Jesus presents Christ. left to buy. Hate you're it. You deserve it. Yeah, oh. Christmas Eve for me, I always go out. No, 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 Teddy, Teddy, it won't be Phil's fault. It'll be someone else's fault that he's shopping yeah. on Christmas Eve. I'll be saying my fault <laughs> that he's stressing on Christmas Eve, like he always does. It's always my fault. Are you all super organized? Are you getting your Christmas presents in November? Isn't there? Well, I only have to get the wife's. She sorts all the others. Luckily, <laughs> yeah, guilty. So, um, Christmas nah. Eve for me. Nice meal. Yeah, do you know what? I'm gonna go with Christmas Day just because I just seeing the kids and now on Christmas Day now and having a proper Christmas dinner and and doing the quiz. We have a little quiz after our Christmas dinner and have a little bingo and all that, and then have a little family karaoke. Yeah, it's boss Christmas Day. I'm gonna yeah. go with Christmas mm-hmm. Day. I think if you could split them, I mean Christmas Christmas Day in the daytime is good, but I like Christmas Eve when it, when kids go to bed and you have a glass of wine, and everything's ready for tomorrow, and you just have that little two hours. I like that. But Christmas Day, I mean, you judge you when you see the kids having a present and you your your nice dinner, and then the family come round. Yeah, go Christmas Day. Yeah, it's the flying round. Ever, ever like, and away, ever and away shirt that was twenty quid in the sale. Yeah, right, lads, we'll push for time here, so some quick fire now. Um, greatest player in the red and blue shirt. One word answer, Mills. The Didn't greatest he say, hold on, player. Wasn't it your favourite player? Not two questions, player. Judge. Oh, sorry, okay, sorry. Go on. The greatest player I have seen play for Everton Football Club would be Wayne Rooney. 
and Drake and Charles. Excuse me. Great's a big word, but you know, like just raw talent. I think that after someone like listen, someone who could play in in any team. Yeah, Andre Kinchelskis. Sorry. Gerard. Gerard, yeah, just for Evian. I'll second that. I'll second that. Okay, your favourite player, Mills? Oh, the man, the big man, the man who, if he wasn't there, this podcast wouldn't even be here because we'd be fucking sunk. The big man, Duncan Ferguson. Could have said that about Campbell as well. Yeah, good show. Yeah, we could have done that. Um, Gary Speed, um, closely followed by Tim Cale. Teddy. Again, just play for the shirt, like proper, proper footballers. Probably Gerard again, if I'm honest. You know, for everything that he brought in them sort of like them years where you know, we were on the side, but he was the best player. And he was, no, I, I, I'd say Gerard. He carried us so, you know, so well. And he was so good in every position. Probably would have done better than Alison Becker on that cross the other day if he was in goal. That's how good Gerard was. So. The best goalkeeper in the league. Depends what, what you mean by, depends what you mean by favourite, but I like the man, Carragher. I think he's, I just like how he represents our club and our city. Um, okay, that's that. How, this is a boy question now from Nick Morris. How excited are the boys by Anthony Gordon? He reminds me of when Barkley broke through. Crowd, crowd wanted them to get a chance, and he looks eager to take it. Come on, Nick. I can, I, Nick I can, sort, I can like... sort of see the similarities. I, I remember in like Moise's final season, us as fans, maybe you disagree, Judgy, but they wanted Barkley to get a chance. When Martinez came in, he gave Barkley a chance. Yeah, Everyone yeah. was happy, yeah. and it, it worked out quite well. I think the fan base is sort of like that with Gordon now. You're looking at a Wobi, and you're saying no, give it to Gordon. Yeah. Whether he's going to be a top player or not, I don't know. I, I think going back to yesterday's game against Tottenham, I think he's done really, really well. I think he's done well a couple of times this season. How good he can be, I don't know because he's yeah, breaking through. I, 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 he's not breaking through at seventeen. He's breaking through at nineteen. I don't know, Judge. You may know more than me about that. But if you, if you're that good, do you come through at seventeen? I mean, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I think there's enough precedence. Particularly in the recent Premier area of like the likes of Mason Mount and Harry Kane and all that, go out on numerous loans, most of them being unsuccessful, and then come back as a more mature player. I don't think the word's excited though. That's why I was saying, come on, Nick, like the players he was referring to. Did he say Barkley Mooney? Barkley, just Barkley. Just Barkley. Oh, just Barkley. I mean, I was yeah. excited by Barkley. I was excited by him because you'd seen the reputation in the U team. He had that real confidence and swagger about him. I don't see that with with um, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's the same. I, I I think it's more enthusiasm and it's eagerness and and we're willing him on to do well, aren't we? I think the, the comparisons you made about players that were breaking through at, at certain times. I think that's what it is. I, I don't think it's a excitement for me. I, I personally don't think he played that well yesterday. I thought it was enthusiastic. I thought he worked hard. But I don't think it was. Yeah, he wasn't lighting the stadium up with his touches. He wasn't skinning mm. players. He, you know what I mean. He wasn't. Wasn't really getting people out the seats. No, don't get me wrong. I think the kid's done well this season, and he stepped up more than more than I thought he would. But but is is Anthony Gordon a rot in that Ross Barkley category? As in like us feeling like he's going to be, you know, England's world, world class. class. Yeah, yeah that, not that, for me. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Like, there's some some players in the youth get a reputation where you think these could go on to be something else, and he hasn't quite had that hype around him. He's a bit like Harry Wilson for use. A bit like Harry Wilson was like for use. You know, you're looking at him thinking he's a good player, good, good, prospect, good solid good. player. But the difference, yeah, difference was Harry, Harry Wilson even scores worldies and stuff. He just hasn't got that X factor. I mean, good yeah. player, great kids, want him to do well. Hope he proves me wrong, but excitement isn't the word that comes to mind when I think of him. Terry, quick one from Dave Clay. He's put it in a long way that we haven't got time to read out, but basically... Players who put their hands behind the back. Uh, he's a Liverpool fan, so I don't know if he's referring to any of our players. I can't remember that happening. But yeah. Moreno yeah. was well for it a few years Moreno ago. Was, yeah, Moreno was horrendous for it. Trent's done it a few times. I've seen Robertson do it a couple of times. Robertson's not, done it a few times. It's full-backs that are coach of the... I hate it. No, I didn't play at any sort of standard, but I played full-back. So I know what it's like when you get squared up by a winger who can go either way or whatever. And you've got your arms behind you, but it's hard enough anyway, you know, with that quick change of direction when you've been squared up. 
to to try and do it with your arm, basically your hands tied behind your back is manic. Especially when you're not in the box, you're not going to give a penalty away anyway. You know, I can half understand centre backs a little bit, but to to do that with your arms, you, you're sacrificing your mobility. And if I was a coach at any sort of standard, I'd be like, if I see you do that again, you're not even playing anymore. Because it's when ridiculous. I used to stand you up, you really had to use your arms. You never stood me up. The only time you stood me up is when you meant to meet me for a pint and didn't turn up because you had no go. <laughs> Which happens most weeks. Yeah, every week at the match. Um, but I, for me, it's, it's a bad, bad development if fullbacks are doing that. I think it's really, really poor. And I'd hope coaches just. And you don't no, see I, kids I don't get it. Stupid. You're a coach, Judge. Yeah, exactly. I've never seen. I've never seen anyone advocate it. Oh, hey, has anyone advocated to weird one? The only thing I'd you say, know, obviously, the whole the whole handball and VAR thing is a factor. But like you say, Terry, when they're outside the area, then, and and the lack of balance that you've got when your hands are behind your back, it, it's just yeah, not for me. Yeah. Okay. Last one then. Um, blue question from. Mark, he said, our bench yesterday, not one decent player who'll change a game on the bench. Our fans blame the manager, though. The issue is behind the scenes. Unsworth should be given a target to hit in relation to developing youth players, as we've heard many times. As for Brands, this is on his watch. Unsworth is getting away with murder under him, and his own performance is a joke as well. It's right. It's right. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Yeah, I thought that was Nick Morris's question. That sounds like Nick Morris's question to me. And do you know what? I, th- I think Nick. I think Nick's put that really well in a way that I've never yeah. really seen it before. He's blaming Unsworth, but he's saying, "But the blame on Unsworth is actually under Brands because Brands is putting up with it." Yeah, that that wasn't Nick Morris's question, or was it, Phil? Really? No. No, no. I said Nick Morris because that's. Oh, Nick, sorry, Nick sorry. Is, is one he's of our listeners. He, he, he asked the question before, but he. He said it before about brands and about Sunsworth and about the academy setup and he's been spot on. But no, no arguments from us there. And and you know, I, I'm not blaming the manager. Mills isn't blaming the manager. There are sections of the fans who will blame the manager, but that's just what they do anyway. And every club has them. But yeah, you're right. The lack of depth, you know, from the youth up and and, and the squad is is there for all to see. And and there's there's only one person to blame for that for me, and and that is brands. You know, you can blame Unsworth, but Unsworth shouldn't be in the job. That's that's a fact of the matter. But no, give any coach the academy manager status. He's not going to walk away from it, particularly if he's an ex-Everton player and, and an Everton fan. So that's not his fault. He's just not up to the job. Unsworth, I, look, I appreciate David Unsworth what he's done for Everton Football Club as a player. God, God, I mean, you go back to he he joins Everton in what 2013, 14. How many players have came through in that time? And okay, so Ross Barkley was was beyond that at that point. He was breaking through already. Is it limited to Tom Davis, Anthony Gordon, and John Joe Kenny? And those three players, you probably you'd have took money for them in the summer. Is that what David Unsworth has done in seven years? He's brought John Joe Kenny, no, he's Tom been, Davis, Anthony Gordon through. He's not been a academy manager for seven years, Mills. He's only been a academy manager twelve months. So there have been three he, or four. No, he's he's been, a, been the head coach. He's been the manager at the under twenty three. He's responsible of the yeah. development of those no, players into the first team. The under-23s manager is not responsible for anything. It's a graveyard shift. So you can't blame Unsworth for the last six years, but he's the academy manager now, and the book stops with him. And at the moment, it's still, it's for want of a better word, and actually language, piss poor in that academy. The, the, the structure's terrible. The, the quality of coaches is poor. Yeah, there's everything going wrong in that academy, and, and it makes it worse because Liverpool are doing so right to bar. No, I, I think with the fact that Marcel Brands came in in 2018, and we're now nearly four years down the line, and that's not yeah, been addressed. and that's what I'm saying. He's the, he's the one who the book's with, not, not, not Unsworth. Oh, I don't you know. I'm just, Unsworth was playing the ass of Pennington to win trophies. Yeah, he's crap at his job. He shouldn't be in the, in you know, in the academy full stop. What I'm saying is his role as 23's coach, which is all he was for five years, is nothing. All, all he gets past is the players who are not good enough to play in the first team and the players who are a little bit more developed for the 18s. He had no responsibility apart from that. So you can't blame Unsworth for the last six years. It's Brands for the last four years. But anyway, look, that, that's a different chat. But yeah, the, the, you know... The, well, I, I, I'd lo- I would love to do a long-form podcast on it. Maybe one day, international break or the summer, we can maybe sit down and break it down. Because what you're saying there, 
is stuff I've not heard. You know, you're, you're a coach. You've been there. Maybe some fans listening to the podcast would benefit from a long form podcast sometime. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, not not for this. Otherwise, we'll be going on for three hours. On it. But yeah, look, good question, and it's a good shout. We hopefully we're not talking about it in the summer, and, and we suddenly on earth. You know, the likes of the likes of Dobbin come through and, and, and start to impress us and, and get minutes. But yeah, it's, it's definitely another one for another time. We done, Phil. Social media, all done. done. That was the last I one. think Judge is about to meet Dave Unsworth for a pint. So he, he's got to go as well. Later on in the week, we have our our new show called Game On, where we're going to be doing a couple of quizzes, red versus blues. I'm not too sure whether it's myself or Pricey, but I know it's definitely Phil, Terry, and Judgey. This week in history, the Reds haven't quite decided on this week in history. I think there's a few ones in play they want to talk about, but Judgey. Our this week in history is an Everton legend taking control of Everton Football Club in the mid nineties, and good God, did we need it! Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that one. Okay, a big thank you to our sponsors, Vair Clothing. As always, get over to Vair Clothing, V-I-R-Clothing.com. ATP twenty in a checkout for twenty percent off. Camperkings.co.uk. Sorry, Judge. Co.uk. UK. Let's just edit the whole podcast because I've messed the whole thing up. <laughs> We've lost the sponsor. I'm sorry, it's on me. We've lost the sponsor. Over to camperkings.co.uk as well. Quote across the park podcast for free insurance and a free bottle of bubbly as well. Get over to Camper Kings. Amazing, amazing fleet. Amazing fleet of Camper Kings. And please, as Judgy is pointing above, <laughs> subscribe. We are brand new to this YouTube channel. So we're trying to grow the YouTube. We, anyone who's new watching us or listening to us, First and foremost, with a podcast, we release audio every single week, twice a week. We do the instant match reaction as well on top of the home games. That's been going for three weeks. We're trying to grow the YouTube channel. We could not grow it without you subscribing. Please subscribe and like to the videos. Spread the words. We are on Twitter, at Across the Park PC. Instagram, at Across the Park PC. Phil has even set us up a Facebook over at Across the Park Podcast. From myself, Ian Mills, Gary Judge for the Blues. Terry McGiven and Phil Roberts for that. We will see you later on in the week for Game On. See you then.